2: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, March 14th. I'm Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we hear from a Ukrainian-American in Mississippi, and Lieutenant Governor Delbert Holzman weighs in on the latest from the state legislative session. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Ukrainians in Mississippi have watched in horror over the past three weeks as Russian forces advance deeper into their home country. Olga McKay is a dentist in Carthage. She recalls the moment she found out Ukraine was under attack.
3: My husband told me that in morning. He, he saved my, my, my nervous system and he did not tell me anything during the night. He just told me in the morning. You know actually putting start war with ukraine what i did i i i was speechless for a second then i ran to my phone just start calling my my brother my uh my friends and then my mama and my dad come and i just start crying and then my son asked mama why are you crying i said mama it's in ukraine it's war my son got uh, got upset too it just it was horrible and then I start driving to to work, and I I work in in the Cartage, and I just miss exit, and I just keep driving, and I look on my phone on on a, on on a, a clock, and as it's time to me be already in work, and I'm just driving, and then I just just stop, just put like Google Map, and just got to my work. It was horrible, it was absolutely horrible. It just you. Honestly, it just like time stop for you. It just, it just you, you cannot even breathe. It just, it's very, it's very, very, very painful, and it's almost you. You like losing your uh, way you are.
2: Your brother is in Ukraine. He's a doctor, correct?
3: Correct. he's uh, but now he works in a uh, hospital uh, in uh, to help a soldier, soldier to save a soldier's Ukrainian soldier's life.
2: Does he have a family?
3: Yeah, he has a wife. He has two sons, and uh, sons in Army, too, uh, in, in in National Guard Army, not like Army Army, but National Guard. Is... And everybody in Ukraine uh, stands for, to save our country. It's just uh, no one run across borders. No one will try to escape. No, it just uh, we, we cannot... Uh, where do we go? It's our home. It's, it's our home. We cannot leave that. It's like, okay, Russia, now we're not the Ukrainian anymore. It's impossible. We have a long history. We have own language. We have all culture. we nation. We cannot tell because Putin thinks differently.
2: Are your nephews and your brother involved in fighting the Russians?
3: My brother, he is a doctor. He's not in fighting, but he saves, uh, um, with his skills, he saves a uh, life. He's not uh, fighting on, uh, on field, but he is in, uh, in, uh, uh, war area for sure, but he's in hospital. But right now I cannot even tell. It's Safe or he is not because Russian bombed a maternity hospital just just think about it just you cannot to you're pregnant you're not okay i can be I can give birth to my child a year from now or ten days from now, maybe hopefully when war it's happened it's life, and then and Russian actually bombed hospital it's not safe place anywhere in Ukraine, maybe yes, maybe he's in battle right now. You
2: haven't been able to talk to him.
3: I'm not talking to him, but I'm talking with uh, uh, to keep in touch with with his wife. Is my sister-in-law? It is. Oh, my day starts, and I start uh, uh, texting, calling to relatives, to my family. They're, how are you? Everything is fine. Are you still alive? Everything is normal. It's my day. Start like that now.
2: And where are they? Because you said they're in the area where fighting is going on.
3: Uh, it, in areas uh, no, my relatives live in, uh, but not all relatives live in western part of Ukraine. I have some relatives who live in, in the center of Ukraine and some who live in eastern part of Ukraine. But uh, my, um, my relatives for dad's sign and my mama's sign, most of them is western part of Ukraine.
2: Now, uh, your folks are with you. When did they come here?
3: My mama came when uh, my son was born. It was in 2014. Mama helping me with my son when I was doing school. And then when my granny passed away, my dad to come to America. It was 2016.
2: How does it feel to know that they are not in Ukraine, that they're here with you safe?
3: It's um, it's horrible for them as well. Mama crying. It's the first day. I my parents like 70 years old both them. It just like they got like sick. Like their blood pressure it was so high. I was start worry about them because my mama had have problem with heart. My dad had problem with uh, high blood pressure. It was it, it 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 just it was it was it, it now it just. Is little better, but it's still it's still war. People die every 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 second.
2: What keeps you going?
3: It's just like uh, I get up, call to my to my relatives, to my friends, and going keep going, go to work, come back from work. It just I read news, and uh, when I, I read like some or, uh, or army, just um, just very brave. I uh, yes, I'm very sad. I'm uh, I don't. It just um, time is tough for for me. But uh, inside of me, I feel that Ukraine uh, will win. It will be victory will be on side of Ukraine.
2: Are there ever times when you wish you were there?
3: Oh yes, uh, yeah. Why? Because you're Ukrainian, you cannot. Uh, it just yes, you move to America, you become American citizens. You have a family in Ukraine, but uh, but something what it has, what well, something in your blood. You can. It's difficult to describe. It just when uh, when you will be in somewhere in Europe, yes, in your country, something happen. What you will do? What you will feel? No matter. I mean, no matter where you are, it just uh, it shows. This uh, war is that I'm Ukrainian. In Ukraine is in my blood.
2: Every day we're seeing descriptions of what's going on there: bombed-out buildings, people being killed. As you mentioned, a maternity hospital bombed. What goes through your mind?
3: I just you want to ask why. You just, uh, I just like why it happened and what you want. Honestly, there's why reason you doing this to Ukrainian people. It's just like reason. Tell me just, I, I, I'm like, feel I'm a little mad. Uh, if I think about Putin, I'm, I'm not a little mad. I'm very mad. It's just like, just tell me, look at map. How big is your country? Just like, leave us alone. What do you want from us? Just, just give me one reason why you're doing that.
2: How are folks treating you at work, your co-workers and the, your it's patients?
3: Not, must, oh, yeah. Everybody, everyone who will know I'm from Ukraine, just when it happened, just Thursday it happened, um, my manager come and give me a hug, my dental uh, assistant uh, the same way. It just uh, everybody's so support. Everybody's so understand that it's what happened it is nobody complain like you know now is price for for gas is uh, sky high no one even complained. i did not hear no complain single complaint everybody understand if it was like small price we need to pay for freedom in ukraine and i'm so so happy about that and i'm so thankful about that
2: at this point the the there's so much destruction there even if Russian troops were to pull out. Can you imagine what it would take to rebuild the country?
3: We will rebuild. We can, we have capacity to rebuild. We we don't we not uh, uh, lazy people. We will Ukrainian people will rebuild, but we need peaceful skies.
2: Anything you'd like to say that I didn't ask you about?
3: I believe and victory will be on behalf of Ukraine. And I really, really appreciate that Americans support Ukraine. They understand they yet uh, try to push this to close, to, to, to close a, a sky over Ukraine. It's not happening yet, but hopefully it will, it will, and America will help. And I truly believe it will be over. I pray, I pray for that.
2: One thing I didn't ask you: Do you happen to know any people who have fled the country?
3: No, not uh, in, in Ukraine. You can freely go to Poland if you uh, for for uh, children and for uh, uh, women, but men must stay. Not must stay. Men must stay in Ukraine.
2: So you don't know any people who left Ukraine?
3: Oh, actually, my friend, she's a. Uh, uh, we, went, we went together to Millsaps College, and she's right now in Ukraine. And she's American. She has an American passport. Her, her daughter has an American passport. But they stay in Ukraine. They cannot leave right now.
2: Well, Dr. Olga McKay, we really appreciate you speaking with us. Have you been able to talk to the woman that you went to Millsaps College with?
3: Uh, yes, I I speak, uh, yes on Viber yes I text but sometime uh, sometime probably it's um it's not always internet over there and then I can I, I text her and then she texts me maybe like next day and tell me I'm okay or being in um in basement or just like that Well I think
2: I've asked you everything that um I made note of, and that comes to mind. We really just appreciate you um, sharing your Honestly, feelings. I appreciate
3: that you found time and you called to me and you you want to tell people in Mississippi that um, about Ukraine and, uh, and share really what happened in my country. Thank you.
2: Dr. Olga McKay, thank you. Thank you. Coming up, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman weighs in on the latest from the state legislative session. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
3: Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app.
2: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. This year, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman has led Mississippi Senate through an increasingly contentious legislative session. Now, as the session enters its final weeks, the fate of bills to address the state income tax, COVID relief allocations, and teacher pay remain in limbo. On Friday, Hoseman told Mississippi Edition Producer Rob Lane he remains optimistic that lawmakers will strike a deal to boost wages for educators.
1: We're very hopeful that we- uh, now, uh, apparently, there's been some movement in the House, and we're very hopeful that it will lead us to uh, completing what the Senate started. As you may recall, we passed uh, a pay raise my first year in the House. Killed it. Second year, we got a thousand dollar pay raise. This year, we had we had to save the pay raise uh, by meeting late into the evening uh, after the House adjourned one time. So we've. We've been in the teacher pay raise fight for a long time, and it's looking to it like we're going to be able to prevail here at the end.
0: How would you evaluate the state of communications, I suppose, between the Senate and the House on this matter right now?
1: Well, we haven't we haven't seen what their proposal, they, they had a press release, and, I mean, a press conference and uh, conference uh, committee reports, of course, are, are done by three conferees on each side, but we... We weren't called to the meeting and we weren't there. So it's a little hard for us to determine what they've done. Although I've heard some reports that they did come more towards a Senate position, which is good.
0: A bill to expand postpartum Medicaid coverage died on the House calendar this after it was passed with overwhelming bipartisan support in the Senate. Your reaction to that?
1: Well, on your previous question, I wish they had the same fervor for saving the lives of mothers and babies that they do for tax relief. That'd be helpful. It's whether or not we're going to take care of women, and I think some of the numbers show as much as 40 percent of the deaths of women occur after the two months. So I think Senator Blackwell was exactly where he should be, and I think our Senate position is exactly where it should be on on people who are on Medicaid.
0: Let's dig a little deeper into the income tax issue. Governor Reeves at his press conference today indicated that he is looking for a total repeal of the income tax in the state. That's not a huge surprise for most people who have been following this closely. Obviously, your plan does not call for a total repeal. How close are the two sides on this? And also, how close are you to the governor?
1: Oh, we've met with the governor. I think the House has met with the governor. And, you know, we uh, the governor was quite clear he did not want any tax increases, which were in the House bill, 1.5% raise. Which doesn't sound like much, but it's over $700 million to Mississippi taxpayers. So um, we're directly in line with the governor on on that proposal. And I think uh, the governor prior to this, uh, was really, uh, one of the driving forces behind the elimination of the 3% rate over a period of years, elimination of that franchise tax, actually over 10 years, uh, which we we're, I think we we're only in year four of that. So it's got six years to run, but he, he historically has been of a mind that we eliminate taxes over a period to make sure that we can still fund teacher pay raises and um the the education department and the things we need to fund in the government so i don't know that we're that far apart
0: the governor has also indicated that he will will entertain i suppose the idea of a temporary Sort of a freeze, I suppose, on the gas tax, given the sort of explosive rise in fuel prices over the past few weeks. Could there be something coming out of the Senate to address that?
1: We we have started talking about that. We haven't run the numbers on it yet. Uh, we're fixed there. It's I think it's eighteen and a half uh, cents and we're we're fixed on the uh, gasoline prices. Our our percentage of the cost of gasoline is very very low uh, compared to what the rates are now. Cost me a hundred and six dollars to fill up my truck the other day, so I'm very well aware of, of the huge increase that all Mississippians are facing. So we we have looked at uh, doing something with the gas tax here. Uh, that of course is a short term uh, only would ever be a short term solution because we've got road and bridge problems, and it's that's what funds MDOT, the Mississippi Department of Transportation. So now we we're we've looked at that along with every other tax cut available, and, and uh, of course it be. It would be very difficult to do that if we didn't supplement MDOT's from our own from our own assets. We should supplement M dots budget to cover that because they that's how they fund a good bit, about half, I think, of the actual construction that goes on.
0: Speaking of roads and bridges, these $1.8 billion in American Rescue Plan funds, your chamber has put forth a proposal on how to spend them. That proposal focuses largely on water and sewer infrastructure, if I'm not mistaken. The House, to this point, has not countered with its own proposal. Are you getting nervous about the timeline in that regard?
1: Well, I'll repeat my first statement. Um, I wish they had the same fervor for building water and sewer in every county and every city of this state to making sure we have our industrial parks uh, available for that, to making sure uh, in at least the city of Jackson's that we're not under some court order about uh, lead poisoning for uh, the taxpayers. I wish they had the same fervor for that that they do for tax reform. If we did, they wouldn't be putting this aside uh, as some secondary matter. It's a primary matter to the to the Senate, and we passed our legislation. And in that legislation, not only do we address water and sewer and rural water, which is seven hundred and fifty million dollars, we also address mental health and child protective services. We have thousands of children that that are uh, that would that would benefit from us taking care of them better, much better, by having these funds used for for protecting our children. And we're under court orders for both of those. So yeah, there's it's not just uh, some uh, esoteric bridge that we're talking about. We're talking about people, young children that are in custody of the state of Mississippi and also our mental health patients.
0: Some analysts have said that House Speaker Philip Gunn is engaging in something of a quid pro quo, sort of proverbially holding some legislation hostage until he gets his income tax plan passed. Is that an assessment you would agree with?
1: Well, everybody will have to look. Uh, Everyone has to make their own decision about that, but uh, the one thing that I do know as a fact is the legislation for things like roads and bridges and mental health and child protective services and and, uh, expectant mothers and babies and just about everything else is not passing out. Uh, If it passes out in the House, they put in what they call a reverse repealer, which means it doesn't go anywhere. It basically kills a bill that June the thirtieth, so it's effectively not passing anything at all. So everybody make up their own mind about who's setting priorities here. But the Senate clearly has had a teacher pay raise, has had the use of the American Rescue Plan money, has uh, child protective services for children, has uh, uh, Medicaid for moms that uh, that are taking care of uh, of babies. Uh, you know, I, I'd ask everyone uh, when they. Do this kind of thing, to go out with me to Blair Batson and go to the NICU and see those those babies out there. Uh, I don't think they would be holding up anything, quite frankly.
0: A final question: You have supported a sen- you have expressed support for a Senate resolution to sever financial ties between the state of Mississippi and Russia, and to condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Two parter here: One, what's your message to? Ukrainians and interested parties living in Mississippi, and two, where do you see that resolution going?
1: On the first part, uh, we anticipate the resolution coming out uh, very quickly this next week. The second thing is, uh, resolutions are just resolutions. Uh, I want I the uh, our Alcohol and Beverage Commission to stop buying any Russian asset, uh, and I'm talking about vodka or anything else that comes from Russia that comes from a company that is controlled by Russia. We have talked to PERS about what's invested there, and I think it's 1% or 2% of our assets, or maybe a little less than 1% of our assets actually are in Russian companies. I want to sell those and get out of the market. I don't want to have anything to do with them. And then I I think there are a number of different uh, groups that are raising money for the Ukrainians that have been forced and driven out of their country uh, and, and killing their brothers and sisters and mothers and dads. Uh, i I would encourage everyone to contribute to uh the charity of their choice for those those people. Can you just imagine the Russians have taints uh uh now within nine miles? That means basically they'd be about Gluckstadt or Madison in Mississippi coming to Jackson now that and shelling downtown and shelling all the neighborhoods throughout the city of Jackson with just reckless abandon and people having lived. And below freezing temperatures with no water, sewer, or anything else in bunkers in, in Jackson. That's what's going on there. And I, I have, uh, I don't think anything that we can do either as a state or a country is sufficient.
2: Delbert Hoseman is Mississippi's Lieutenant Governor. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. See you tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Have a good day.